Kaminga steps around. Green goes oh. up and hammered it down with the right hand. And yes, he was fouled. He reached back and just punched that one through. Oh, oh, oh. that was nasty. This is the Golden State Warriors podcast. And now your host, the voice of the Warriors, at Warriors Vox, Tim Roy. Welcome back to the Warriors Podcast. I'm Tim Roy, and a pleasure today. We're going to have a lot of fun because uh, Gary St. Jean and I have known each other uh, almost as long as I've been in the NBA, and uh, just great. He's been a scout. He's been uh, an assistant coach. He's been a head coach. He's been a general manager. Uh, he's been a commentator. He's worked on NBC Sports Bay Area on Warriors broadcast, so it's going to be a pleasure to welcome Gary and we can talk about the Warriors and what a, a few games they've had. A couple of nail biters right down to the the final seconds. Stephen Curry with his first ever buzzer beater, and then the game against Dallas, where they started to look like the club we saw in the first couple of months. So lots to talk about here as we're joined by Gary St. Jean on the Warriors podcast. I'll say it's great to have you on the podcast. I appreciate you taking some time. It's always, you know, you and I can talk basketball for hours. You know that. And, and um, uh, boy, what an interesting few weeks for the Warriors. You know, they're going through all these, I call them adjustments, because, you know, Clay comes back. He's in the lineup. Everybody has to adjust their minutes and what they're playing. And then he's out for a couple of games. Draymond's been out for a while. And, and it uh, well, you tell me how how difficult is it for that for a team to to really you know fire on all cylinders, if you will, when every night your lineup's a little bit different. Well, I guess going along those lines, Tim, I'd say we're leaking oil, but uh, it'll it'll get repaired and the engine will start to tune perfectly and and the team will go on its way. But in the in the short term. For the coaches, it, it's it's a big adjustment. You, you're changing your entire rotation. You're changing your game plan. Uh, it, it's it's big, and I I think it's very big for the players on the floor. You're you're playing with different guys. Uh, it's always difficult when a guy comes back who's a key player like Clay. He's got an adjustment period. You go back to your engine and and the oil. He, he's not going at 100%, and it's going to take him quite a bit of time. Uh, frankly, I think he's doing really well. Uh, and, and then the Draymond situation. Uh, he's such a unique player to this team. And for him to be out of the lineup, you, you change a little bit how you play at both ends. And uh, so it's, it's a big adjustment. I think the team uh, has had a, some bumps. But at the end of the day, uh, I think they're finding their way. I think they're getting more and more comfortable. It's given others an opportunity to step up and play well. And uh, frankly, last night, I, I think uh, was just what the doctor ordered. I think that was a real shot of confidence. Yeah, we're taping this the night after the, the win over the Dallas Mavericks. And, yeah, they, they really did look like themselves again, didn't they? The ball was moving. They were helping out on defense for the most part. Um, they they kind of looked like the Warriors again. Oh, I, I really thought that was uh, visible. Uh, you know, I thought the ball really moved well. I thought the players moved well. I thought there was purpose in their movement. You know, Tim, you and I have talked for years about the, the split action that the Warriors are now famous for. 
And to watch these younger guys now, understand the nuances of uh, the split action is a three-man action on one side of the floor. The ball goes into the post, and then the two perimeter players can speed, cut, or split, whatever it may be, but you read the defender. And I'm watching Poole. I'm watching Kaminga. I'm watching Wiggins, who hasn't been here that long. And I'm watching him really take advantage of the defense. And, you know, that that's growth in these young guys. And, you know, when you bring back Clay and you lose Draymond, we've got to keep vision on the fact that these young guys have made tremendous uh, progress this year, especially Wiggins and Poole. And now you're seeing the emergence of Kaminga. If Jonathan Kaminga figures out the pressure that Curry and Thompson – put on that action and he and he did it once last night he's going to be able to slip that screen so to speak and and he's going to give himself uh probably two or three dunks a night off that alone well there, there isn't any doubt about it and and you know that we use a, a an old saying is this if you're the guy setting the screen you're the person who's likely to get open when you're playing with steph or clay when you set a screen for them Oh my God! The the whole armada's going after him. You're going to be wide open if you turn your head to the ball, and in that case, go to the rim. You're going to get the ball. So uh, these are things. Gosh, six, he's 19 years old. He hasn't done this. So every day, you know, he makes Steve Kerr probably smile because he sees a little bit of growth every single day, and uh, that that's the beauty of having a young great athlete. You look at Steph right now, and and he's in his first slump of his career, basically, real slump of his career, which is kind of amazing in of itself. But but um, what what do you see there as a, as a, as a coach and as a guy that 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 knows the game back and forth? What do you see with Steph right now? And 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 if you were looking for things to help him, you know, feel like himself again, do you think do you think it's it's kind of a little bit of a mental thing right now? I, I think he's getting through it. I, I think we're, we're past the deepest part of the slump. I think he's ready to start to get back in the swing of things. Again, you've asked him to adjust his game. Hey, if, if I was him, every week I would buy Draymond the biggest steak or whatever he wanted. I mean, he, he's assisted on his hoops more than uh, anybody else. So for him to be – he's not off the ball like he was with Draymond in the lineup. Now he's really taken over the reins as a real point guard. His assist numbers are way up. I, I'm saying somewhere in the vicinity of eight or nine a game. And uh, with that said, he's now handling more, and it's tougher to shoot the ball off the dribble. There isn't any doubt about it. Yeah, sure, he's been missing open shots. Uh, what have teams done? Well, they've tried to put taller guys on him, like Mikael Bridges or guys with good link, uh, length, like Batum. Uh, that, that's a new trend. And, and, of course, without Clay in there, and if the other guys aren't shooting well, hey, it it's, could be a box and one. It could be double teams off of any pick and roll action. Uh, he knows this. They're sending everybody at him. But what I love about him is, is it's not deterred. You know, you can see he just loves to play this game. And, and, and you know, he's not putting his head down and growling and being upset. <laughs> he has an ultimate confidence in himself. And, he it, you know, it's like move on to the next play. And he's he's going to step up and be there. And 
I guess Tim in summation, he's the least of our problems. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you're right about that. I know for looking at the, this number over the last few years, Draymond to Curry, that assist combination, Draymond setting up Steph, always in the top ten in the league, always. And uh, the other thing, and I, I, for veteran listeners, uh, they know I talk about this, and I apologize if you've heard it before, but I'm going to say it anyway. I love watching Steph rebound. He gets nobody writes about this, but he he loves to rebound and he gets his nose in there. He gets offensive rebounds. It, it's it's crazy how 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 much he wants to be a rebounder. Well, he's got a big boy body now. When when he was a little boy, <laughs> when he wasn't that strong. He he didn't go in there and get his bell rung. Now he goes in there and he gives you a little flex. Flex. He's kind of like Spider Man, you know. He he's going in there and jumping up amongst those big tall guys, and coming down and giving you the elbows and all that kind of thing. And uh, I, I'm with you. I I love watching him. It, it's it's amazing to see him. And and why is he getting these? He's got a, a nose for the ball. This is a gift that he has. And uh, and then you could see a little. You're, you're right on what you're saying. You could see a little smile on his face sometimes when he comes down with those. It's it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, I have to uh, put this in there right now before we leave because the the side of the the Warriors currently. I want to ask you some questions about Warriors in the past, but uh, it, how much fun, how much pride do you have? in uh, seeing your son on the bench there with Jason Kidd with the Dallas Mavericks. Well, MJ and I were, were at the game and got to see him before the game and after the game, and he wasn't smiling as much after. But uh, what a what a feeling, Tim. I mean, you and I go back to Sacramento days, and uh, Greg comes on the scene, and MJ's, you know, hauling into the games, and he's like a adamant all over the place. The next fast forward, and week uh, after uh, being with the Warriors in the 80s and 90s, uh, going up to Sacramento, come back, and he grows into being the ball boy for seven years. And uh, it's it's, time flies by, and he's always had this love of the game. Uh, He he just loves it. And uh, he's been, you know, being with Mully for four years at St. John's with with Mitch, that was a great opportunity. Before that, he did an internship with – the Nets and a little time with the Kings. And then, uh, you know, he wanted to get back in the NBA and Frank Vogel's been, he was unbelievable to him and, you know, got a ring there. And now with Jason Kidd, our, our Bay area legend, and what a great guy to be with there. So uh, he works his tail off. He loves the game and MJ and I just smile. It, it It's great. It is. It is great. It's a heartwarming story, and and uh, uh, boy, I just uh, it it yeah, it makes you makes you feel a little old. But other than that, it's it's great, you know. Uh, you know, Tim, I could say this to you. A number of the ushers last night came up to me, and and just said, "Saint, we saw Greg." I mean, you know, they're like shaking their heads. They're like yeah. in amazement. So, you know, you're right on. It's really, really true. And and speaking of that, going back a little bit, to, we were putting together something for Tom Tolbert the other night, and I went back and I get looked oh. at that. Uh, you were an assistant coach, I think it was like '91, the San Antonio yeah. series, or, or might have been before that. And um, and the Warriors won. And I was watching the the celebration on the floor, and 
just what a what a group of uh, people that and a lot of them. Uh, you know, I was looking at that. A lot of those people, a lot of the players there, they were successful after their playing mm. days are done, like Tommy and yeah. Jim Peterson, people like that. Yeah. What do you remember about that squad? What, what, what stories can you tell about that squad? You know what, Tim, you and I hear today so much about team culture, team chemistry. Holy moly, that team had it uh, to the utmost level. Uh, every day you came in, uh, it was just people smiling, just loving to be together. I think when you're all done, what you really miss is the locker room, the relationships, the people. You know, you're going to win games. You're going to lose games, the, the ups and the downs. But, gosh, uh, I, I just smile when you, you bring that up. And Tommy was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I, I loved him. He, he ate his Pop-Tarts. Uh, he, he was a fun guy to be around. And uh, I, I got to share with you that I'll always remember when, when he was getting a free agent offer. And he, he came to me for some advice. And uh, I said, Tim, you, uh, you know, I said, Tom, you got to do what's best for your family. He loved it here. He loved playing with those guys. You mentioned Jim Peterson. What a great run he's had up in Minnesota. Uh, a great uh, analyst up there. And uh, gosh, you know, you got Mully and you got Mitch and Timmy and look what they've gone on to do. And, you know, I, I think now you help me. Uh, at one point in that group, we had Steve Alford, who went on to be a heck of a college coach. Right, 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 right. Richard, who went on to who's now the Indiana GM. Uh, Rod Higgins, who's now was uh, he's an assistant GM down in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Sharunas runs an empire in Lithuania. Um, yeah, he's the head. Of their, he's the head of their basketball federation. Yes, 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 yes. I mean. You you can bring out a lot of quick names to me. Um, well, you know you, they were just great, great guys, great guys. Yeah, you know you guys had you had, you know for one year you had uh, Marcus Johnson who spent a number of years. Oh yeah. Uh, you yep. spent time with him in Milwaukee, and he's a Milwaukee yep. analyst over the last few years. Mario years. Ellie, yeah. who uh, does oh, some work brother. with the Rockets television. Uh, Mario Ellie, yeah. one of the. Yeah. Uh, great guys, and yeah, so that was a uh, you know I think there's there's something to that. I think I think when you have uh, teams that play and they play in a way that's an intelligent way that it kind of you have to have the right group to do it. But when you have intelligent players, they're the kind of guys that you know you kind of don't worry about them once their playing days are done. You know they're they're fine. Well, you know you're hitting on something. I'm going to go way back. Now you and I both grew up in New England. And that was that was a trademark of the Boston Celtics. I can go on and tell you how many of those guys became coaches and involved in the game. You look at Nelly, you know, all those years there. And Nelly, you know, maybe that his roots with the Celtics, he brought that to the Warriors. And Tim, we should really stop and think about this. We played exactly like this Warrior team plays. Oh yeah. Exactly. And I mean, people, I don't know who people want to give credit for, for this, you know, this, uh, they talked about the seven second things with Mike D and Tony. And we were doing that 15 years before that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I see a unity with these guys. Now I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, Mully was the guy, but he always embraced everybody. You know, you were his brother, you were his teammate, you were his pal. And he brought joy to the game. Well, who do we have doing that now? And Mully 
always told me how much he loved and admired Steph, how the way he played. And so there's, there's a direct correlation there. And I look at Steve Kerr. What a tremendous coach. And, you know, he was a, a, a part of many championships as a player. Same thing with Nelly. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, – I can go on and on, but I feel a lot of – a lot of that stuff. And you mentioned Mario. That that's Timmy, that's one of my funniest stories. I got a call. Uh you remember Donnie Walsh? Oh yeah. So of course. Uh, yeah. So Jimmy Jimmy Powell was the coach at American International and Brian Winters was playing for us. And he said, you know, he said, Saint, there's a guy back there that's good. You know, and, and after the second round, Nelly used to take off. We, we have a 10-round <laughs> draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So he, so he said, you got it. You take care of it. So here I am, a young guy. How would I'm going to get fired? I picked him. We took him in the 10th round. Now, <laughs> he, he, goes, he comes into camp. We've got Sidney Moncrief, Brian Winters, Junior Bridgman, Quinn Buckner. He has no shot to make the team. He goes and plays in Portugal and Ireland and all over. Small world. He's playing with Vincent Askew for George Carl for the Albany Patroons. We call him up. That was the G League in those days. We call him up for a 10-day. He never left. And my gosh, did, did, and you talked about that series against San Antonio. He guarded Terry Cummings in the low post. <laughs> it, it was I, – I, Oh, I don't yeah. want to take up all your time. No, that's all right. That's all right because I was watching because, like, you know, Peterson and Tommy were just getting – they were bodying up David Robinson. For, you know, oh, you, you don't think of the Warriors being a physical team back then, but that was a physical series. That, that, that a lot of bodies crashing in that thing. Oh, that really was. And we said, hey, th- this is a highly skilled outfit. Everybody thinks we're just a finesse outfit, but we're going to bang. And, and everybody accepted their role, and you had to have that to pull major upsets like that. Uh, Tim, you remember um, Thumbs Down, which oh, yeah. is a double stack down on the baseline. That was our call for it. And uh, we ran that four, 14 straight times, and I think we scored 11. <laughs> that's, that's a Bill Fitch move. Keep running it till, they, till somebody stops it. That's what, yeah. that's what Nelly said. Yeah. He said, well, and Larry Brown was a coach, was a coach. And, and we just, <laughs> it was funny. Oh, well, good, watch, good stuff. watching that, there were a couple things here I, go, I got to get, get to, too. But um, <laughs> I, there, there was a shot on the San Antonio sideline. You had Larry Brown with a very young R.C. Buford on one side yeah. and a very young Greg yeah. Popovich on the other side. Going, wow. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, you know, what great coaching yeah. staffs in that series. Um, that was great. The, you know what's funny? Here, I'll tell you a story. Now, so I'm getting ready for the draft last year. I'm going through the media guide, looking at Warrior drafts. And just for fun, I look down and you know, some of the 10-round drafts, right? And I see a guy named Clark drafted out of Springfield College, which is where you went. Oh, yeah. Yep. Dennis okay. Clark. And, 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 and so, uh, so I just Googled him just for fun. Turns out he went and settled in a town about two towns over from where I lived. He was an athletic director at a place called East Granby, Connecticut. They were wow. our they were our big rivals in high school. And my brother, I told my brother this, and and the guy, the player we hated the most on that team was his son. <laughs> so, 
So, oh, that's beautiful. And uh, who knew? You know, who knew the Warriors drafted this guy who who was the father of a kid I played against in high school that we all just kind of, oh, God, I can't stand that kid. He's throwing elbows all the time. God. You know, so uh, that I didn't know that. Oh, that was it. Was it was it's crazy. Um, and Great I never story. just just by just googling his <laughs> name, I went, oh my goodness. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Hey, um, before before I let you go, you know, let's let's get back to what you said about the about the style of play because I, I've got an idea on this and go with me and see if, what you think. I think there have been coaches who have wanted Nelly wanted to play that way, obviously. You know, especially yeah. when he had run TMC. You know, you couldn't. You know that. Uh, three-man combination, probably better than any three-man, you know, small combination you could throw out there in the league with maybe yeah. maybe the Lakers. But yeah. – um, and then D'Antoni wanted to do it. But I, I think, you know, I don't think it really caught on because everyone could say, oh, that's fun, but you you can't win with that. But I think that's what, that's what this Warrior team has done. They've proven, hey, you can play that way and win. What do you think? Yeah, and, and you know, we, why? Because we don't have any low post play anymore. We don't have any Patrick Ewings and Akeem Olajuwon's down in the low post. And your whole game plan is about double teaming them down there. And the game was played inside out. Uh, you went into them, you cut off of them, that kind of thing. But they were going to score first. So that's the first thing. The game's wide open. We've cop- copied the European game. And people love it. I think uh, that old game was was a power game, you know, Carl Malone, that kind of thing. The second thing is rebounding. And this Warrior team, if you look up statistically, it's amazing how well they're doing on the defensive board. And to me, that's a huge plus because the reward for doing that is to get down the floor in early offense where they push it, you fill the wings. I mean, how would you like to be Draymond Green or Andre Iguodala who gets a rebound and you blow it out of there, no outlet pass, and often you're going down the court and you look to your left and there's Clay, and you look to your right and there's Steph. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. You're just saying, holy cow, we're going to score like 8 out of 10. And I, I just think it's, it's a credit to these guys. And, and I'll fast forward here, and I want to tip my hat to Kavon Looney, who I think is playing the oh, best of his career. What a year he's having. Wow. And and it, you know what? He sacrifices. He's getting pounded. Now, he's a big guy, but he's getting pounded down there. And he's a phenomenal rebounder in the sense that he has great hands. He's what we call a position rebounder. He's not going up snatching at one hand two feet above the rim, but he gets everything in front of him. And he boxes out maybe for somebody else to get the rebound. So it allows him to play with a smaller, cerebral, tough guy. And on the other side of the coin, you slide Draymond over, and he gives you some minutes at five. So it's a unique style of play. And then, as you noted, you've got these perimeter guys, Wiggins, who's elevated his game up so much. And I I just, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are going on here that you got to think about to, to the individual parts to make the whole. And uh, I just – and you talked about guards. Reed Nelly used to go crazy about that, Tim. He used <laughs> to say, oh, yeah, you guards. Yeah, you want to be Cecil B. DeMille. You want to be, you know, be the movie director running the camera. 
get your little buns in there and get the rebounds. <laughs> and in today's world, 43s a game? What do long shots create? Long, long rebounds. rebounds, yep. So, you know, the game has changed, and, and I think the Warriors are a big part of the NBA because it's a copycat league. And I think you've got a lot of people trying to play like the Warriors, and to me that's the ultimate compliment. Well, Saint, I think we should kind of close it on that. Uh, very very well said, and, and um, boy, just uh, just a lot of fun. A lot of fun going back and and you know reliving some of those moments with you. Uh, that, that's well, pretty cool. You're one of I told you this. You blush a little bit, but you're you're one of my all time favorites, and we've had a lot of fun together. And you just bring a smile to my face when I get to chat with you. Well, one of these days, uh, one of these days, the next time I'll get you on. Next time I'll get you on, we'll talk a little bit about our days in Sacramento too. Be... <laughs> Can we do that? Is it, it X rated? <laughs> no, no, not. <laughs> Not, not all of our days in Sacramento. Some <laughs> of our days. Oh, God. Thanks, Tim, and go Warriors. Thanks, Saint. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Boy, uh, always great to talk with Saint, and he's one of the, the great guys in the history of the NBA, and he has done a lot, and I mean a lot, for basketball in Northern California. And uh, just uh, great to hear him talk about those old days and those fun teams with Don Nelson, run TMC, late 80s and early 90s. Hope you enjoyed that. So without further ado, since we were talking about those teams and we've been talking all year about 75 years, 75 stars, there's probably not a better time to run our 75 years, 75 stars feature on Chris Mullen. It's time for 75 years, 75 stars, as we celebrate 75 years of Warriors basketball in the NBA. The Warriors didn't win the first lottery back in 1985, but you could say they won the draft. The Golden State Warriors select Chris Mullen from St. John's. But to start, we need some perspective. Chris Mullen was a New Yorker's New Yorker. He took the subway to the NBA draft at Madison Square Garden. And what came to his mind when he was drafted by Golden State? Where, where is Golden State? State. <laughs> Do I really have to leave New York? <laughs> I got it pretty good right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm from here. I'm, I'm 20 minutes from home. Everyone's yeah. my family. Everyone's at the games. The garden's sold out. I'm good. I'll just yeah. hang right here. Um, but over time, it almost flip-flopped. Right. But not, not initially. It was, it was a tough, tough going for me um, professionally and personally at first. But after some um, changes in my life, things really worked out, have worked out incredibly well in the Bay Area. Those changes were literally sobering as he battled alcoholism. But when his personal life changed, his career took off. Six straight years of averaging over 20 points a night. Five straight, averaging over 25 a night. As the Warriors ran through the NBA with Run TMC. First thing that comes to my mind would be fun and running and just uh, kind of freelance and really enjoyment. Hardaway, nice play, Mullen for Richmond. Um, and kind of doing it maybe a different way, but also just kind of going full steam and, and not really worrying about what people thought, not really worrying about who we were matched up against, just doing what we, we planned between the coaches and the players and just going out there 
basically with no question marks. So this is what we're going to do, and we're going to make it work. In the 1991 playoffs in the second round versus Los Angeles, Mullen had injured a knee in game one. So the night before game two, Mullen, along with strength and conditioning coach Mark Grabo and athletic trainer Tom Abdenauer, went down to the forum in L.A. The security guard wouldn't turn the lights on, so with one light on the floor, Mullen worked out. The knee was good, and the next night the Warriors would win with Mully going for 41. He gets it to Mullen, three-point country. He dribbles, he stops, he shoots over Magic from 21 and hits another one. Mullen, the greatest outside shooting exhibition I've seen in years, maybe ever, maybe ever. On the Warriors' all-time list, Mullen ranks first in games played and steals. He's second in minutes, fourth in field goals, and fifth in points with over 16,000. Chris needs 19 points sometime this weekend to get to 16,000 for his career. Two and a half to go, first half. Mullen pops it through. He may get it before halftime. Mullen has 14 points tonight. Mullen just a three-point shot away from becoming the 59th player in the history of this league to go for 16 grand. Mullen tips it. Booker. Mullen is open. Mullen, 16,001. The 59th player in the history of the National Basketball Association to go over 16,000 points. Congratulations to Chris Mullen. In fact, Mullen is all over the Warriors record book and was an inspiration not only to current teammates, but former teammates as well, including Mario Eli. He's the guy when I first got to the NBA really helped me out, really set me in the right direction. The reason I wear 17 is because of him. You know, my success, I uh, credit to him because of the work ethic and the preparation in the offseason, the mentality that you have to have that's going to take you through 82 games. And he's been terrific with that for me. And that number 17 was retired by the Warriors on March 19, 2012. And to the Warrior legends, Al Adels, Rick Barry, Will Chamberlain, Barber, Thomas Sherry, and Nate the Great, is beyond anything that I could ever imagine when I was shooting hoops in my backyard in Brooklyn that I would be a part of this elite company. One, two, I'm the sixth man on this group any day. It would be my pleasure. And to all the fans, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I love you. Go Warriors! Go Warriors! Let's go! Mullen was a five-time All-Star and a four-time All-NBA honoree. He's also a two-time Olympic gold medalist, including a stint in 1992 with the Dream Team. Best basketball team ever assembled. And here they are, moments away from their international debut. A 6-7 forward, Chris Mullen. And the United States leads 40-18. Mullen for three, yes. Mullen was inducted into Springfield in 2011. Basketball was never a job for me. I love to play, I love to compete, and be part of a team. I made a career out of my passion. I'm so blessed. To all my teammates, too many to mention, you made the game fun. And to all my opponents, you made it worth coming to the gym. Mullen was one of the best shooters ever to play in the NBA. But that is not what made him special. Here's Boston great Kevin McHale. Mullen's one of those guys that, in our business, 
everybody's talented and everybody's blessed with talent. It's the guys that outwork their talent that everybody remembers. And Mully outworked his talent. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't. He just worked so hard. And, and those are the guys that I've always admired more. I mean, you know, the guys that were born seven foot two, two hundred ninety-five pound, run and jump. I mean, that's you won the Gene Pool Olympics. He he just worked so hard, and I, I I love the way he played. He just was a guy that he got it done every single night. He stepped on the floor. And so as you look back on Chris Mullen's career. It is truly a story of hard work and perseverance, of overcoming personal adversity and reaching the top of his profession. But it's also a love story, a Bay Area love story. You know, when I first came so long ago to the Bay Area, it was it was a huge transition for me. And um, the Bay Area fans, the way they embraced me, not only cheering at the games, but just in the community, the way they embraced me over time, you know, I'll never forget that. It was it's such a um, something that's always in my mind, in my heart, and uh, I'm very proud to be a San Francisco Bay Area resident. 75 years, 75 stars. Chris Mullen. This has been 75 years, 75 stars. I have to tell you that it's a lot of work to put those those features together and finding the audio and, and, and getting it done, and, and R.C. Davis puts those together for me as after I assemble it and write it. But uh, it's it's a labor of love. We love doing that kind of stuff for you, and we hope you enjoy it. Please send, uh, send us some feedback, if you will, as to if you like the podcast. Tell people about it. Tell them to subscribe to it wherever they get their podcast. Again, thanks to RC, thanks to James Kincaid, I, Tim Roy, special thanks to Gary St. Jean, and thank you for checking us out on the Warriors podcast.